in this episode, you're going to find out why most of the things that happen in your life are your fault. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sano and welcome back to Michael Sano has a podcast. Um, it has been an absolute crazy, crazy couple of weeks. So I'm running a little bit late on this podcast. Um, and I have, so I have a bunch of good news. First, um, the reason why we've been so busy, why I've been so busy is because my son, my 18 year old son and I both started, um, the fall semester, uh, here at the university of Florida. So my son, it's my, I'm in graduate school. Um, I'm in my second year at the university of Florida's applied physiology and kinesiology program at the department of health and human performance. Um, but my son started, he just graduated from high school last year, uh, last spring. And now he is a gator. Go gators. Um, now, because of that, and because of Labor Day weekend and just everything, uh, we've been swamped. Hilarious, no pun intended. We've been swamped. Uh, oh, for those of you who don't know, the swamp is where uh, the Florida Gators play football. So, um, but we've been swamped with stuff to do. I've been working as like uh, sort of like an advisor for him, helping him transition and everything, plus doing all of my work, um, plus doing all the stuff around the house, plus doing all the stuff uh, for the company that brings you this podcast, Sea and Land Fitness. Um, go check out the website. You can get all of your um, all of your honey badger gear and all that. And there's a lot of stuff that I've been working on in the background for that too. Um, but please go out there, check it out. We got, uh, we've got hats. We've got, uh, these hats, we've got winter beanies, nice fleece beanies. We've got swim caps cause I swim. Um, and I want to represent in the water and we've got shirts, we've got stickers, we've got patches, all kinds of stuff. Um, plus some good info here and there, uh, here and there. Uh, <laughs> so what I said in the intro was pretty provocative. We're getting into the podcast now. So, um, basically everything is, <laughs> oh, this is so horrible. I feel so bad saying this, but basically everything is your fault. And I don't know, actually know if fault is the right word for it. So, um, I, I, I'm in the process of writing a book right now. All right. And, uh, I fall in the performance psychology, sports psychology realm within my program. Um, and I developed this overall, um, concept, this larger concept that has been pretty much the guiding principle, guiding force for what I'm looking into as far as research, what I'm looking into as far as um, overall health, not just fitness, but overall health and fitness. And that is the, uh, the, the total health triangle. 
um, and that has psychology. And I'm going to bring this up. If you're going to watch this podcast over time, you're going to see I'm going to bring this up a lot because I think it's an important concept. I think it's one of those things that um, needs to be drilled in. Repetition, excuse me, hiccup. Repetition leads to remembrance and then action. So the total health triangle consists of psychology on one side, physiology on the other side, and nutrition on the on the last side. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna cover some of the 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 psychological aspects today. Um, and and over time we'll cover more things with guests and without guests. Um, in terms of physiology, you know the the body systems, how the body works, and nutrition, uh, which is a science all unto itself. Um, what fuels us? What are the chemicals that we need to put into our body? Because if you think about it, um, all, all food that we eat is it's nothing but chemicals. So and digestion is just a number of chemical um, reactions that occur that fuel our physiology um, and our psychology, <laughs> bringing it all all the way around. Our psychology um is what propels us motivates us to move through space and if we want to do things or we're afraid of things um and need to get away from them are are we 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 need to ensure that we have the right nutrition and the right physiology so that we can pretty much attack anything that comes before us. And when I say attack, I don't mean in the physical sense of, of we have some type of thing that we have to attack or we have something that we have to run away from, which we very may well, but um, I'm talking in terms of what I'm about to talk about. So I told you uh, a few moments ago, I'm working on a book and I've been struggling with the Common Core that links all these different things together not only um within the book itself but also within my overall research i i hold on i'm gonna have a sip of coffee peter madeira if you're listening to this or watching this this is for you peter madeira is a friend of mine uh that i've known for quite some time so um so I was struggling with what the common core of this book and uh and and some of my research in 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 an applied sense meaning how is my research going to be used in the real world. And I read this book uh called Grit by Dr. Duckworth, I think her name is, Angela Duckworth. I may have that wrong. Uh correct me in the comments uh if I am. And she came up with a battery of tests to basically find out um, why people quit, okay? Um, but she didn't have any solution to it. And that was kind of one of the big problems that I had with my research was I have this really, I think, personally, 
pat myself on the back. Uh, a really great, um, a really great model uh, theory for motivation. And uh, if you've watched any of this before, I'll go over it real quick. I believe that all of our behaviors are uh, motivated by want and by fear. That's what this uh, emotional trigger object is. It's supposed to trigger when you look at it. Oh, what is this? What What am I feeling right now? Am I feeling fear or am I feeling want? And uh, by looking at it, you do some self-reflection and you go, and I mean immediate, in the moment, self-reflection. Um, you're driving down the road and you're like, oh, I want to go to McDonald's. But you're on this uh, fitness path where you're trying to clean up your nutrition a little bit. And you've sworn off McDonald's. Not that there's anything wrong with McDonald's. That's going to piss some people off. I know that. But whatever. Um, not that there's anything wrong. There's value in some of the things that you can get at McDonald's. But you've sworn it off. So you think to yourself, "Is this? am I afraid of going to McDonald's? Well, maybe a little bit because I'm afraid I'm going to get you know, fat. Um, but I want it. Do I want it more than I fear it? Well, I want it. So that's what this does. This helps you, um, figure out which of the, the, the two, uh, dimensions that are influencing your behavior, um, and your emotional response to driving by and looking at that McDonald's. Now that's my theory in a nutshell. But that's great. Okay. So now you have this information. What do you do with it? All right. Um, and that is when I literally came up with the title to my book. Um, and the title of my book, drumroll please, is The Decision. So everything is predicated. Everything comes after a decision. Okay. A decision is made. So you remember what I said in the intro, uh, basically everything in your life is your fault. So that's a harsh reality to throw to someone. I know that. Um, one of the biggest stumbling blocks that I'm going to have in my research, I, 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 well, I say, I know this, I'm assuming this, I assume, uh, what is <laughs> my dad used to always say, uh, what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and out of me. Um, so, but reasonably so I'm making an educated guess. If I can even say that, hold on, I'm going to have another sip of coffee. I'm making an educated guess that self-reflection is going to be a difficult thing looking inside yourself finding out what it is that you may not like uh is influencing your behavior and one of the easiest ways i think to do that is something that i've actually been telling my son <laughs> my son and my wife for years um and is perfectly encapsulated in Nike's uh, 
just do it logo. Okay. And it is the decision. So I would tell my, uh, my wife, Oh my gosh, this, this place is a mess. What's going on? She's like, Oh, well, you know, I just didn't want to get to it. I worked so hard. And then I, you know, turned on the TV and this and that. And I would say to her, all you have to do is just pick it up, pick that plate up and, you know, either put it in the sink. If it's a paper plate, just put it in the garbage. Um, and I started examining that because I was taught from a very young age. I am totally trashing my wife. I am so sorry, Stephanie. I love you. <laughs> but um, I was taught from a very, very young age. And it was also reinforced when I was in the military that when something needs to be done, you just do it. You just go and do it. My son is the perfect example of that because my he's not lazy. He's a very hard worker, but he has no self-motivation. It's very difficult to give him a task in the future that he will then remember and go and complete. But when I give him an immediate task, he is a team of horses. He is awesome. I can say, come on, we got to clean the cat box. Um, and he'll go, okay. And he makes in that immediate moment, the decision to come and assist me with it, to help me with it. He doesn't complain. He doesn't whine, moan, any of that. He's just absolutely phenomenal. But excuse me, another hiccup. That is one of the things, I don't know if you guys know this, when you speak for so long, uh, continuously, you, your breathing gets interrupted and you wind up getting the hiccups every once in a while. So that if, if you hear me do that, that's, that's what's happening. So anyways, moving on to the decision. So for my wife, it's a harsh reality. Okay. For my son it's an afterthought. It's just something that needs to be done. Um, which is ironic because with my wife in her job, she's a senior vice president at a, an advertising agency for operations. She's responsible. She's the doer and responsible for all the doers in that agency. She immediately attacks her tasks one after another after another and is very good at organizing those tasks in such a way that um they get they're completed but outside of that she doesn't have the uh she's probably exhausted right okay so i'm learning something right now she's mentally exhausted from doing all that and she requires a little assistance from us which is awesome we can do that um but going back to what I was saying, the decision itself is the crux. It is what dictates whether or not. So you've, I told you you're driving by McDonald's and you've established that want is the dimension, not fear, um, driving you towards considering getting a uh, cheeseburger or a Big Mac. Um and it is the decision 
as to whether or not you do that that ends in the result, okay? So what do I mean by that? So you're trying to lose weight. You're looking at your calories. Um, some of the things at McDonald's are a calorie bomb, and you've given yourself a, uh, a stricture, a strict limit on how many calories you can get, and you know that that's going to take you over. So do you make a decision. You make a decision to either say, you know what, I deserve this. Some type of, of uh, reassurance, justification, whatnot. Uh, or you make the decision to, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay with this. But the decision is ultimately what stops the behavior or initiates the behavior. So all of these things fall within that one crux. Now, it is so easy to go to someone. Let's take uh, an example from... I was uh, watching this series called Fit to Fat to Fit. And it's these uh, gym, uh, what do you call it? Fitness uh, trainers. And what they do is they gain weight and then they lose weight uh, along with their with their client who is, who is overweight. Um, some of these individuals who are overweight are maybe 100 pounds overweight maybe 200 pounds overweight. It's a very difficult, difficult emotional minefield to try to convey the concept of the decision to someone in that situation. Because you're going to have, remember how I told you these are emotional responses? Well, there are other emotional responses that have to be taken into account. So let's use this because <laughs> it's a very good valid example that a lot of individuals who are training people who are overweight have to have to uh, have to be mindful of. They have to be aware of it. You have a client who is significantly overweight and you have to convey to them the concept that they are the root cause. Their decision their decision is the root cause. Let me, let me wind that back. They are the cause, but ultimately it is the decision that is the cause. So I guess I want to kind of step away from they are the cause because what that does is that, um, that brings in emotional responses that could be detrimental that could work against you trying to help them. All right, I'm having another sip of coffee. Hold on. So let's say you have someone who is overweight and you want to convey to them that the decision to eat whatever they're eating um, and be sedentary is the primary reason why they are at the weight outside of any medical conditions, although numerous medical conditions arise because of being overweight. Um, so essentially they are the cause of being overweight. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Because there is a way to package that information 
a way to convey that information to help them. And it's very important that everyone listening to me, as I say these words, understand that I have nothing but compassion for individuals who are overweight. Why? Because I've been overweight, very overweight, um, about a hundred and something pounds overweight. And I had to come to that realization myself. And I know that coming to that realization brings feelings of guilt, brings feelings of shame, um, and is just at times a horrible, horrible place to be just in itself. So the decision, as harsh as it sounds, the decision can be conveyed to an individual in such a way that it can be helpful, uplifting, and, and the, the catalyst to effective change in their entire life and lifestyle. My motivation theory works with something very specific. It works with what I call simple goals. Okay, what are simple goals? Simple goals are things that you can do simply. Uh, it's it's right there in the in the word, um, and that's what's so powerful and what's so cool about this in as an applied concept. Um, basically, if I tell you, I'm going to put you on a fitness program for a week. Most fitness trainers would balk at the concept. What? You can't do that. You need to be on a training program, some type of program that kicks itself out to nine weeks or a couple months. Or we think in these longitudinal, very long extended terms. But that concept doesn't work when you have i'm going to i'm going to say it very uh, so i just went over this in physiology and it is differentials okay so if you have a gradient that's higher on one side of a membrane wall inside a cell and you have a gradient that's low on the other side of the membrane wall the higher gradient is going to want to move to the lower gradient, okay? Um, gravity uh, is another idea. So think about it. If you put water in a high place and pour it out, it's going to want to go down, okay? It's just it, these, these are basic concepts that larger forces want to push themselves in a specific direction. Why do I bring this up? I bring this up because shame and guilt and weight when you're overweight, these three things in themselves are overwhelming negative forces that are going to push against the individual to change their behavior and to lose some of that weight and to become more healthy. So 
setting up a long extended longitudinal you know like over a couple of months goal for a person is going to seem like it's never going to happen i'm never going to lose this weight and i'm focusing on weight for a very specific reason because i think my um theory of motivation will help with the obesity epidemic that uh the united states is suffering from you have these large forces causing an individual to not want to do something. A 300-pound person running around the track is just not a concept that, that it's not something that individual will be able to conceive. But walking around the track, maybe twice, quarter-mile track, is an accomplishment. Walking around the track once might be an accomplishment. And that's a simple goal. And that is how it is easier to use decisions in order to... It's easier for an individual in this situation to make the decision to go to the track to walk or to go outside and just walk. If they know that they have a reachable, attainable, simple goal. So you see how all of these different components are working together. We're addressing, we've given someone a simple goal. I want you to go outside. I want you to walk a quarter mile, okay, once a day, three times a day, or three times a week, uh, four times a week, five times a week. I want you to go do that, Okay. Versus, I want you to go eventually get to, we're going to move you on and we're going to get to uh, moving and we're going to have you eventually running two miles. I've seen all of these shows. I've, I've experienced and had discussions with other individuals who are fitness trainers who do did uh, uh, give their clients the, these, these really large goals or overloaded them with weights that they... They just, well, you're not really doing anything. It's not, a, it's not effective if you don't do this. And I don't find that to be valid. Um, so going back, we give this individual who's overweight a simple goal of walking a quarter mile three days a week. Okay? Something very simple, something very manageable, something they can do. They then are charged with this you have to do this they then have to assess when they think about it and they go oh, it's time to go it's time to go uh i don't want to go why don't you want to go is it fear because there will be a pain response probably you're overweight and you haven't done any activity so there will be some type of pain response and that is an fear okay you're, you're afraid of being in pain or you may not want to do it. Oh, I want to watch the TV instead. My favorite show is coming on. Or it could be a combination of both of them. So they then need to be given the information that there is a decision to be made and that if they don't go walk, it is their decision. Okay. And I think this decision, putting them in the driver's seat, 
you know, rather than just giving them the task to do, telling them the decision is yours, whether or not to complete it. I think by giving that decision, they can use that decision in other aspects of their life, in nutrition, uh, in, in personal instances, you know, am, am I, am I making good use of my time? No, I'm going to decide to do the things that I'm supposed to do. I know I'm supposed to pay my bills. Um, but I'm going to make the decision right now because it's payday to pay my bills. The decision can be used just about anywhere. Just as simple goals can be used just about anywhere. Um, it's a harsh concept on its face, and that's why I wanted to have this discussion, because I thought it was important to add an element of compassion to it, to, to add an element of understanding to it, um, because we can all make our lives better for ourselves. There are all things in our lives that we don't like. Um, you may have a job that you don't like, and you may fear leaving that job because, well, how am I going to make money? Uh, you may be with a, in a relationship you don't want to be in, not necessarily a, a problematic or violent one. Uh, it may just be a relationship where you're just not gelling and you don't want to leave. Um, why don't you want to leave? Is it because you just don't want to be with this person or you fear that you'll never be with anyone again? It's the decision that empowers you. Um, it's being in the relationship. So, so there's another flip side to this, which is also uncomfortable. And that is... The decision that you make to go and do something is the opposite of the decision that you've made to do something. So let's take the relationship for a second. Um, you have decided to stay in the relationship. Let's take the overweight individual. You have decided to um, eat the foods that you eat and to lead a sedentary life. Um, all for every decision that's made, there is an active or subconscious decision made or that could be made in the opposite direction. I was, uh, I was perusing this website, um, lo uh, looking at, at decision-making. And one of the things that they, uh, mentioned on the website is, we encourage people to make decisions and, and not, it was a double negative. It drove me nuts. Um, and not to do nothing. And that struck me immediately because doing nothing is a decision. You've made a decision to do nothing. So it goes both ways. And this is where it becomes very difficult and, and where self-reflection, if not managed correctly, and not, and compassion isn't applied, doesn't exist, isn't exhibited by the person informing uh, the person. It can be difficult. 
it can be hard. Um, but ultimately it all rests in you, the individual, um, the decision to, and the decision not to, uh, I'll give you i I'll leave you with a good example. So remember I said at the beginning that I have been very busy. That's true. That's absolutely true. But there are numerous times where I made the decision, thought about doing this, thought about doing my podcast and releasing it on time and did not. Why? Because I made the decision not to do it. Now, I may have made that decision based on the fact that I was categorizing tasks. This task is more important. Um, putting the brand new shelves in my wife's uh, wonderful, pristine living room <laughs> was more important than uh, getting this podcast done. Um, so, But I ultimately own those decisions. They didn't get done because of me. Um and yeah, so we're all susceptible to it. We all live it. Um, so get out there and do something. All right. Um, that is it for <laughs> that is it for me. Um, I hope you enjoyed this this subject. I am just a geek when it comes to uh, performance slash sports psychology. Um, I'm a member of the Association uh, for Applied uh, Applied Psychology or Applied Sports Psychology, um, and they're awesome. They are absolutely awesome. Um, this year, I'm going to get a certification because I want to be the man, the person that people come to uh, when they have these these big questions. Uh, get a little credential behind me. So. Um, yeah, so, hey, check out, uh, check out the Sea and Land Fitness stuff. Uh, I put a lot of time into developing that stuff. I think I even have these on there now, and they are, they are tremendous. Keep this in your pocket. Um, it's an awesome tool for, uh, for just keeping yourself in line so to speak you know what i mean keeping yourself aware of what's going on in your own head um i think i sell them for 10 bucks but i'll double check that um but you can find them on the website um all right that's it for me thanks guys talk to you soon